Welcome in to yet another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Frankie Hardicelli, Chris Watkins, as always. It is Friday, uh, Friday morning. We're recording here. Um, Frankie, I don't know how how these guys keep doing it, man, but but they find new new ways to hit rock bottom. I think I think like at this point, it might have been a month ago we had an episode called Rock Bottom. I've missed you, and uh, yeah. ever since then, it's literally gone gone south. Like somehow they have found new depths um, to 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 dig, and and they are uh, they have eighteen wins in thirty something losses um, at this point. It it just seems like all hope is gone for any. I mean, not not for fans. I think fans have have been without hope for a while now. But but I think organizationally i think it's it's getting to the point where it's it's malpractice to just think that that um this team is is going to salvage anything from this season um and yet here we are in the thick of uh trade rumors and and inching towards the trade deadline here in a couple weeks and we're still out here hearing rumors that the kings are are adamant that they are not going to use this deadline to sell um they want to to improve this team supposedly for this season and um with that has come some questions on on uh, what will what we will actually see uh come trade deadline if this team is going to uh, to be true to their word um obviously Ben Simmons rumors we we've discussed since the summer uh Demontis Sabonis rumors have have kind of quieted down but that's kind of in the in the background now um and uh now, now we're in a new wave of of John Collins rumors and and uh I've seen some some Jerry and Grant whispers also sprinkled about um Frankie where are you at with this trade deadline season I mean just so many rumors going on um how how are you managing sifting through everything and and what are what are your emotions at at this point in time um off you the know, court because we're obviously not going to discuss on the court product yeah um, the the trade deadline is is like i i still like this I, this morning i i looked at the calendar and we still have 2 weeks 2 weeks from yesterday to go it's just it's super i'm at the kind of done point I'm not really looking. I, I'm he- we're hearing things and we're seeing things and stuff like that, but nothing's coming to fruition. And I'm kind of at the point where I'm just, I'm just gonna let it coast. I'm just gonna let you know, like driving a Tesla, take my hand off the wheel, let it drive itself, have a have a soda pop, watch the traffic go by, hope I don't die, you know, in a car accident. Sorry, dark, morbid. Uh, things are morbid right now. Things are dark right now. Gosh. Uh, had to take it that route. No pun intended. Uh, things are really <laughs> tough. <laughs> things are really tough. I don't want to talk about the on, on court play that much, but no, I uh, I was watching the, the Celtics game and just getting through yeah. It, we honestly, should, we should just mention that the Kings were down by sixty and well, ended up losing by fifty plus. Um, my sister came in and checked the score and was like, "Oh, that's that can't be right." Oh, the scoreboard's broken. That's that's an interesting development in this game. Wow. So that's that's right. They're they're down by sixty points and. Uh, everyone that's listening, what were you doing 30 years ago? Because I was Sacramento, not alive. I was not alive either, and the Kings have not lost a game by that many points since before the year 1992. So it was in 
the 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 memorable winter of 1991. Everyone remembers the winter of 1991. What a memorable year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kings lost by I think 56 or uh, I'm sorry 62 that night to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, so uh, I, I'm I have to say like my stance on the deadline right now is uh, I'm uninterested. As soon as there's like some real fire to the smoke. I'll, I'll tap back in. We'll listen to the rumors. And if we hear things when, you know, we're at the games and stuff like that and talking to people, you know, it's nice to know what, what's, what's kind of going on behind the scenes. And we kind of have an idea. I mean, everyone has an idea at this point now it's pretty out there. We think, I know there's like the saying that uh, only 5% of, of all NBA rumors or anything are, are the ones that come out. Everything else is super behind the scenes and never, you know, sees the light of day. But uh I just kind of, I'm kind of just uninterested. I was going to tweet yesterday and I erased it because it just sounds like me being a little crybaby. Uh, I've never been this negative about the Kings in my life. I have not Welcome. been this negative. And last year when I started reporting on games and covering them, uh, people would come at me and kind of say I was uh, uh, like, they thought I was like a, a shill, like just, just trying to spin things positively. And I, I, Sorry I didn't about like that. it. No, and I, I didn't like it that people <laughs> that thought that, but well, for sure, but everybody thought that. I mean, I tried. I just, I would, I remember saying about a lot of things in life. I say, you know, being positive is just, it's just put, giving things negative energy, like putting negative energy, negative thoughts into things doesn't do you any good. And for this, though, I don't know how you could feel anything other than negative thoughts. This is, this is a train wreck. It's a train wreck. And people, last thing, I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Chris, so I don't go on for too long and just no. rant, but. Uh, I added the numbers up before the game against <laughs> against the Hawks because people always say, "Oh, you think this teams are bad? You have no idea what it was like in the '90s." It's like you know, I'm kind of tired of hearing that. Like I, I don't want to hear that anymore. And the reason why is from 1985 to 1998. So that's from when the Kings came to Sacramento until they made the playoffs the first time in 1998. They had a 386 win, 680 loss record. That goes out to a 36 percent winning percentage. Then the Kings win the playoffs eight straight years from 99 to 2006. Now, in the midst of our 16-year drought, going to be 16-season drought, uh, from 2007 to present, the Kings have a 455 win, 789 loss record. Chris, that levels out more years and more games granted, but to the same exact 36% winning percentage. So I was kind of happy with people saying, you guys don't have any idea how how bad the Kings were back. No, I mean, they're pretty bad. They've been pretty bad for almost two decades now. So I don't think we need to like compare it to it isn't so bad. Is it's bad right now. And us saying, oh, it's not as bad as it whatever. It's just it it's it's a cop out to how horrific the team has been for the last 16 years, obviously. But more so the this season with the talent they have and losing by 53 points, the worst loss in 30 years. Uh, the Kings are on the verge of another long-gated losing streak. They're, they're, they've lost five in a row, and they're probably going to lose more. You know, they play the Sixers tomorrow, who are, are one of the better teams in the league. Then they play the Knicks, who have been playing. They're hot or cold. Then you get Brooklyn and, and, and Golden State. We'll get into the schedule later. But uh, stop saying that out there. Stop saying I know. I know the Kings went one and forty-one or one and forty on the road in nineteen ninety-one or ninety. But guess what? They also went like. 25 and six home or 17 at home it's not the same these sacramento these kings aren't going to go 25 and 17 at home they might not even win 25 games at this rate they keep losing 18 wins right now with with what 30 games left so 
Um, I'm, I'm miserable and it's nice to kind of let it finally come out. I think a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, maybe some people out there like me have suppressed it and tried to stay positive and get through it. But, um, as someone who's been a fan my whole life, worked for the team, covered the team, I'm over it. I'm ready for them to start being good again. I think everybody's ready for that too. So I now turn it to you and ask you, Chris, because you've been more, I guess I'll say to your credit, realistic about how bad the team has been over, you know, you've been, you've kind of been the my voice life. of reason. <laughs> so has, have the last couple of days had any effect on you at all? First off, I just want to say that like only, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to point, I'm not going to single it out. I'll just say that it's, it's a funny state of affairs that fans can find a way to like be hipster about losing like oh like do you think this is bad like i i've been losing since 1985 like why are we comparing this, yeah, why are, like yeah like why this is not losing. like that's not something to boast about like oh you think this this on-court product is bad back in my day like they that that was bad okay you want to see a team get booed off the court you should have seen the fucking 80s man the 80s were crazy but that, like just just like uh, just why would you I, I digress um to answer your question uh these past two weeks i mean or whatever you know however it, it really does feel like I, I tweeted out the other day that like this team at this point is so unwatchable and has been for I really can't pinpoint a specific game where they became unwatchable but they really just are putting out zero effort the past it feels month or so um and it's it's been strange it's really it's I was talking with Jason Ross yesterday shout out everyone go watch the video me and Jason put together it's so good of uh Dr. Jason, Jason Ross Jason has a second uh, act, like a talent Bro, coming. That guy He'll be an act. is He's gonna act. crazy talented. Anyway, um, and we were talking yesterday just um, – what were we talking about? About um, – sorry, I still have morning mind here. Um, oh, about my gosh. How, how, bad, how bad the team is? Uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. About um, how we, we think or we thought that we knew – like we pride ourselves on knowing basketball. Like we, we feel as if we watch a team and we've watched enough NBA games to know like, all right, like these guys should be here. These guys should be here again. Like, I feel like if I watch enough warrior games, I can be like, all right, like obviously Steph Curry is good, but you know, this is why Draymond is so great. And Kaminga, this is what he, X, Y, and Z. This Kings team has just broken me. Like I watch them play. I see I'm what I see what happens and they're just bad. Like there's not really one specific thing that you can point out. Like when, you know, obviously when you lose by 60, everything is going bad, but like they, they're just so much like, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like the team is too. And I think Harrison Barnes even said it after it was either after the Hawks game or after the Celtics game that on an individual level, he has been on worse teams. Like he has been on less talented teams, but for whatever reason or, you know, this is, I'm, I haven't looked at it, but this has to be like the worst record of Harrison Barnes's career. 
Yeah, I want to say maybe he had a worse year in Dallas, which led to them getting Luka. Let me just go ahead and double check on that real quick. Uh, Dallas in 2016-17, they went 33-49. Then the next year, okay, so, they, so when on on a sorry, the second year he was with, in Dallas, they went 24 and 58. So this is the second worst bad. team that he's gotcha. ever been on. Yeah, because uh, he was he was traded the next year. They went thirty three and forty nine, and the Kings probably will not win thirty three games this year. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it would have been this. It will be. It would be again. I don't think Harrison's going to be here um, in a couple in a couple of weeks. We'll get to that later. But yeah, uh, nor should he be. This, yeah. Real quick, what makes me sad? I was talking to again. I, yeah, I mentioned my mom and my sister on here a lot, but they're they <laughs> talk to me. They love the Kings and they're so invested, and they always want to talk to me about it. But I was talking to her yesterday about it, and you know, a lot of people feel this way too. I think there were they like these players. Like my mom was like, I, I love Harrison Barnes. I love Rashawn Holmes. I love, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I know. And, and like, they all are really, really good guys. Like they're, they're great with the media. They're great in the locker room. They're great with the fans. And it is sad. It's sad that the team can't put it together and they can't win here and they deserve better. And it's, it, it, I kind of said to her, you know, mom, like it, it's, 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 it's a business and they're going to be a lot better. Like, believe it or not, I know it'd be sad for us, but uh, for, for the, for you Kings fans out there, but, Harrison Barnes deserves to go play winning basketball. Like he, he, he deserves better than this. Everyone deserves better than this. The fans deserve better than this. Um, people shouldn't put their time into watching this game. How about the players that go out there and, and they try to play their hearts out and it doesn't come amount to anything. And that's what I'm seeing is I'm not seeing everyone giving that same effort. I'm not seeing everyone giving the same effort that Harrison Barnes gives on a nightly basis. The same effort that Tyrese Halliburton gives on a nightly basis. Rashawn Holmes out there. Um, who's had a, a really, really tough year trying to get back into shape, and he's been looking better while doing it over the past couple of games. Um, but but to no avail. And obviously injuries are a thing. I know De'Aaron's been out the last couple of games, which the circumstances of that are a little, little strange just because he played how the ankle injury is nothing serious, but then he's missed three games, I believe. So mm-hmm. that's super interesting to me just as far as Alvin saying it's nothing at all. And if it was a, a play a playoff game, which – a lot of people did not like that quote. Uh, poor Brendan Nunez put that quote out, and people started like going at him. It's, it wasn't his quote. He's saying what Alvin said. Alvin literally said if it was a, a playoff game, which Kings fans all, you know, it's nails on a chalkboard, said if he'd be playing. Well, then he didn't play the next three games, but um, I digress. The, 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 the main thing I'm saying is it's sad because these players like Harrison, uh, who – will probably be moved uh it's sad that they're i'm almost happy for them because they're going to be in a better place they're gonna move on and harrison probably will be playing for a team like the ben simmons trade isn't likely but if you were to play for a team like the sixers or uh we're gonna get into john collins rumors that's a realistic possibility in my opinion that harrison could be playing for the hawks who could get back into the eastern conference playoff race pretty quickly here so um it's it's bittersweet, but I'm really ready for, to see this group broken up. I, I know they've been here for, for three, four years now. Uh, the core that we've talked about so many times, De'Aaron, Marvin, Harrison, Rashawn, uh, Buddy. But it's it's time to say goodbye. It's time to say goodbye to this to this group because it clearly, if anyone out there is not you know paying close attention, it's not working. So we've reached the end of the road. The only problem is, like you said, Chris, the front office has made it clear they don't want to wave a white flag. Um, and Carmichael Dave said yesterday on the, on the air that um, he, he he thinks that maybe that might be a little bit of um, 
a smokescreen itself. Like the Kings might be internally discussing that they are not going for the plan still. Um, but the fact that they really want to keep continuing to roll this this thing, keep this thing going forward, is just a little concerning to me. Um, which brings me to ask you the trade rumors that have come up recently. Uh, the 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 freshest batch of rumors have been the Atlanta Hawks are looking to move John Collins, who is disgruntled with his role, and the Lakers, for whatever reason still are enamored with the possibility of bringing Buddy Heald into the fold. Uh, they're looking to move Taylor Horton Tucker, and according to Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports, they've even offered that to the Kings. I think they've offered Taylor Horton Tucker in like a future first, possibly. I'm not sure if the first is included in that. I need to double-check. But uh, if those are the two moves the Kings hypothetically could make, how do you feel about those? Like, Do you, do you feel like they should swing a trade for Collins and – I know the return that Atlanta's looking for is a starting, a starting, an impact starter from pick. Uh, would you feel comfortable giving up Harrison Barnes' first round pick, or Dave, or Davion Mitchell, or both, to bring in a player like that? If definitely Harrison Barnes, I think is is a great place to start with a John Collins deal. Um, I think uh, it's been said many times that that any good trade should hurt equally for both teams or both teams should feel kind of like they they didn't win the trade a little bit. Um, I think uh, I think that would be fair. I think uh, if you throw in Davion for sure that that's um, that could potentially be something that that Atlanta would would really, you know, look at and, and like to have on their team, especially after he uh, he really played really good defense on Trey Young the other day. Um, and I think that could also complement Trey as well. A nice little backup point guard who's kind of a nice juxtaposition between between you know Trey Young and, and there's there is a nice juxtaposition between Trey Young and Davion Mitchell. Obviously, Trey Young is an offensive superstar, and and Davion could just kind of come in and and focus on locking down, and and obviously that is not Trey Young's uh, cup of tea. Um, and Harrison would be in, uh, would be a good fit. I think I think he he would bring a um a calming presence to that team. And, you know, Harrison is, is a big fan of, of, uh, sometimes not, uh, always imposing his impact on, on the game. And I think, uh, playing with Trey young would, would suit him very well for that. I think, you know, he would get his, you know, 10 shots a game and, and he would really be super efficient with it. Um, and on the King side, I think John Collins is an exciting young player. I think uh, you mentioned before he he's locked up for four years, um, so that would be be good for the Kings. He he just signed an extension, I think, actually last he's, season. He's first year, first year, of yeah. a, five, a five year uh, extent, max extension. Perfect. Um, so yeah, I think he would fit in nice at the four. He's good size, six eight, six nine. Um, give you some yeah, some good athleticism. Um, you know, isn't the best defender, but I think he's averaging a block a game, which is which is a nice you know nice thing to have at the four. And it's something something Marvin Bagley has never done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I don't really think Collins could slide to the three or the five at all, but um, maybe in some smaller lineups he could play five. Um, it would be interesting. I don't. I I you know I'm not a big fan of of leaving a big gap at the three. I think that's one of the most position. I think it is the most important position in in for for contending teams. Not that the Kings are are there yet, obviously. But um, 
you know, I, I think uh, I think it would slide. They probably, you know, if they were going to do both deals, they would put Horton Tucker at that three position. And that's interesting enough. It's kind of like uh, <laughs> it's funny to use Kyle Kuzma as as the as the big example. But like he's like Kyle Kuzma light. Um, he's very, you know, can do a little bit of everything, but isn't really great at anything specific. Um, and it would be interesting to see him grow. Obviously, the Lakers were very, very big on him uh, in this offseason. They didn't sign Alex Caruso because they would rather give the money to Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, there's the Tyrese Halliburton connection, which I'm a very large fan of. I would be an even bigger fan if they can just complete the whole circle. I think I've said this before on the pod, but if, if we can get Malik Monk and Taylor Horton Tucker and, and just have that college reunion for Fox and Halliburton of of their two uh, wingmen, um, that'd be, I'd be all for the feels um, because if we're going to lose, we might as well have have our stars. Have more fun. Yeah. Have more fun. Um, And and I think those are two, those are two decent swings, you know, like if they don't pan out again, at least you made your stars happy and they had fun um, playing with their guys. And uh, you know, if they win, it's going to be even sweeter because they'll be like, "These are these are our guys." We talked about this in college. You know, we 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 count how many times did we see Demarcus Cousins always talking about how him and John Wall really really wanted to play together? It kind of happened a little bit in Houston, but um, not really. Um, that was strange. I, th- I, I think these guys definitely think about yeah. that kind of stuff. I forgot about that. They did play together for. I think what five, six, seven games. Yeah, I think Demarcus was on a ten day and and something. I think one of them got hurt. How is Boogie doing in in Denver? Is he is he playing? Uh, I saw that he had some big turnover the other day. He also got ejected um, ah. the other day. I saw, but uh, he, you know, I think he he's yeah, just I mean, kind of coming in for ten minutes, putting up ten points and like four rebounds, and just yeah, kind of six and six. It's a little bit of a circus show, you know? It's like DeMarcus comes out, and it's like, hey, there's that guy that used hey, to be amazing. Boogie. Yeah, maybe he'll be well, amazing for us. And he, like, shoots threes still, and it'll go over. for I was three, wondering, or he'll go three for three. I was wondering if he was going to be in, in town when the, uh, the, the Nuggets come to town on the 28th or 26th. And I don't know if he'll – it's a 10-day deal. I can't imagine yeah. that the Nuggets will keep him. But um, I don't think he's played in Sacramento in over – Four, I think he only came to town once. I think mm-hmm. as a player, just yeah. once. So this would be the that I was when he was in not. New Orleans. Yeah, and he went like for 40, yeah. 20, 10. Yep. Um, so believe it or not, it'd be only the second time he's ever come back and played against the Kings at Golden One. Um, <clears throat> Crazy. No, John Collins. One thing he can do is shoot, mm-hmm. which surprises me. Yeah. Sorry, I yeah, I have a- he's no, you're good. I can I can cover. He's uh he's really expanded his range. He used to kind of just be a corner three shooter, and he was pretty efficient at that. But now I was just I was literally just looking at his shot chart before we uh before we started recording, and he's really rounded it out all across the perimeter from the head top of the top of the key to the corner three. I think he's I think he's at forty percent on on all spots yeah. or, or hovering around forty percent on first career on all the locations. Th- 38% for his career, which is mm-hmm. honestly very surprising to me. And I believe mm-hmm. that's on a lot of attempts. That's on for his career. He's 268 for 693. That's 38% for his career. That's that's not like a small sample size. He's taken he's taken uh hundreds per season at this rate. He took 160, 208, 133 so far this year over half a season. So uh he's definitely a guy that can knock down the jumper. So 
Also, probably, sorry, probably the best nickname to come to the Kings, maybe since Boogie. Like, Boogie was just a great one for him, but like, in terms of just a singular nickname, like John the Baptist is, it's the Baptist. That's that would be incredible. Especially, you know, I, I went to Christian Brothers, and that's a uh, Lasalle Saint John Baptist is. Uh, I'm, I'm very familiar with that guy. So John the Baptist was familiar. This work, like, yeah. I was like, all right, that's 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 clever. I like it because he really. And that's the thing too is like, how many? I mean, we can count on our hand, on one hand, how many how many elite athletes like that have the Kings had? I mean, obviously Derek Williams who was the first time the Kings had really seen an athlete like like one of these new age athletes that just leap out of the gym. Um, that Derek Williams really, I mean, the fact that Derek Williams was so special, I think speaks volumes to, yeah. to how, you know, how few players the Kings have had like that. Just real dunk champions. Gerald Wallace, obviously. Um, and I guess you... Some- yeah, he had some night. He had that put back in the preseason against the Lakers, which is who are you gonna say, funny. Ben? Uh, no, I was I was actually going to say I think you have to put Willie Cauley Stein on that list. Oh, sweet lord! I really think uh, you do. Like, I mean, so the the, the, the four year anniversary, I believe, of De'Aaron Fox's put back dunk mm-hmm. uh, was against Miami. Yeah, and and our friend John uh, and John Bull is last name Bull. Thanks, John Bull. Um, on Twitter, Great uh. Man. I think his username is, is it, how do you say that name? Heuristic, heuristic lineup? Heuristic. That, that, I know some of those words. Uh, <laughs> heuristic exactly. I've always thought no, that. I'm like, I don't know he, what that word means. He, but <laughs> but, he, but he put up, I know that's just us. We it's need, like we a need Wu-Tang edu- name generator. We need to educate ourselves. Uh, but yeah. he, he posted uh, the, the tweet of the year and putting the, the putback dunk in Miami. And he pointed out how hilarious is it Willie Cauley-Stein is. Where is he on a game winning situation where it's a jump shot? He's not in the paint, not even near the key. He's backpedaling by half court. <laughs> the, our starting seven foot center is backpedaling yeah. away for the from game, the game, like away the from game, the play. Like this is the last play of the game, and of the my game. guy is like, "All right, let's 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 head back, back to the locker room." <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm get I back think, on D. I think someone I can't I can't remember what someone said in the comments or something funny. Like he would have said after the game, "Yeah, I was just making sure I used my athleticism to get back and just cut off the you know." fast break it's like no dude the game's over after this play like if De'Aaron doesn't dunk that ball the game the, the clock goes to zero so well you know he he was probably watching Bam Adebayo and being like dang I could like, be that yeah. I could do that there's no reason why I can't do that like I watch his game and I'm like I could do all that stuff and better crazy I feel bad I feel crazy bad. I feel crazy I feel, I feel, <laughs> I feel bad now though like he I remember when that quote dropped that was crazy. Like the second he said it, I mean, obviously no one was thinking Willie Cauley Stein could be Chris Apps Porzingis, but like, I cannot imagine. Like, I, I digress. I just don't. Well, uh, apparently, the story what was universe. He was like leaving the arena, and the media caught him like in the tunnel. Like, and, and he said that then. He, I think he kind of just was on in one of those moods and just kind of went on like a tangent. I think he had a good game that night. And <laughs> I, I, I just, I feel it. He was yeah, in the garden. He was, he was feeling himself. Maybe it was the 18 rebound game. And then literally the next night on a back to back, he had zero. So 18 rebounds one night, zero the next. No, I feel kind of bad. He, Willie Cauley Stein has been out for majority of the season because of personal reasons. Yeah. And then the, the, the Mavericks cut him and the, there hasn't been any explanation. So, uh, we joke. Hope you'll, hope you're okay, Willie. Uh, 
but not I've done, fun, I've done not, a list not in the past times. of uh, how many like kings from like the 2016 roster are still in the NBA, and I think Willie was like one of the three. Should we look right now? Sure. Yeah, let's go ahead and look because like it was obviously Isaiah Thomas was out of the league, Demarcus was out of the league for a while, Ben was in and out it's, of the uh, league. Fi- I think Ben honestly might have been one of those players. Chris, fifteen, sixteen, or sixteen, seventeen? Doesn't matter. Okay. I really don't. don't I really matter. don't think it's going to matter because um, it's going to be like Zach Randolph, Justin Jackson, Iman Shumpert. Like none okay. of those guys are still in the league. And this There's is like five years ago at this point. Did, is Darren Carlson back out of the league again? No, he, only played, uh, he, played, he did hey, sign a ten day, but I don't think he ever he's, played. He's gone. He played three games, but he's not. He's not on the team anymore. Yeah, um, okay. So to answer your question, the amount of players that are still in the NBA today, I believe, is three yeah. uh seth seth curry oh there you go long time gonna be in this league a long time a long time and he actually is the best player out of everyone that is still which is so hilarious he oh god i don't want to get into that okay uh there's four actually seth curry mm-hmm. rudy gay who's mm-hmm. he's on the back he's on the back nine probably yeah. on the 17th 18th hole at this point uh rajon rondo same thing 17th mm-hmm. 18th hole demarcus cousins who is playing like on the 19th 20th hole um <laughs> so it's um Move it yeah. one more year forward. One more year forward, I would yeah. imagine there's probably less people that are still in yes. the NBA. Um, yikes. Oh, Lord. Uh, I'm going to take Buddy Heald out because he's still on the team. So anyone that's not named Buddy Heald, um, we have Rudy Gabe still in the league, Ben McLemore, Fighting. and Garrett Temple. That's it. That's it. Oh, my of, gosh. Uh, that's it. That's it. Rudy, Ben McLemore, Garrett Temple, everyone, yeah. every single other player on that team is out of the league right now. All of them. I would say, you know, I don't know how many years Rudy has left, but that's like a year away from being a year away. I believe he signed a two, which I was surprised he signed a multi-year yeah. deal at thirty-five years old. But he's still he's playing well. He he is seriously a, a, if he's healthy and he does have health issues. But if he's signed a three-year deal. He's under contract all of next year. And then he has a, a player option in 2024, uh, three, 24. He'll be 30. I think he'll be 39 30, at the end cool. of his contract. He'll be 30, 38, 39 years old at the end of his contract. So he, Rudy's going to play until he's almost 40. And he, he probably can if he's healthy enough. I mean, this year he's averaging nine points, four and a half boards, 36 from three. Hey, that's, that's great, man. I like Rudy a lot too. I wrote um, mm-hmm. an article, anyone out there, um, as we kind of, get through the, the we're just kind of rambling at this point but who gives yeah. it I, I can't curse um i wrote an article <laughs> about how the kings have made four big moves in the last deck the past decade they've made four moves that are of note um can you name them chris off the top of your head um that would be we're talking trades correct four, so four trades that you could look at and say Oh, that's a that's a pretty big move. Like, wow, the Kings got that guy. The Kings got this. Like, that that kind of worked out. And two, only two of them really are that. The other. So two you're saying kind of, since 2010, correct? Since that would be, uh, I mean well, that would be a decade. Technically, 2000. No, I don't know. 2012 was a decade ago. Oh, boom. Yeah, God, man, my. I just did this too. Or I was like. Ah, man okay i'm I still so, stuck in i'm stuck but, in 2020 but, y'all but that's covid but the, yeah, no, I've, I've, COVID really people's, people still and i still kind of think about 2020 a lot too where i think of i don't really i never got to process 2021 but anyways uh anyways. the four big moves the kings have made over the past 10 years can you name like try to name them 
Um, well, uh, Rudy Gay and and Harrison Barnes, two. Um, well, I mean, we're clear of the Peja trade, obviously. Um, so the, the other two are kind of a trick. Like they're not. I mean, trick, Kevin Martin is that is that was he? That was that was dealt? a uh, that was oh nine or or twenty ten oh, maybe twenty eleven. This is from the this the the Pete D'Alessandro, Vladi Divots. <sighs> What would count as a big? De- I mean, this is like uh, you said. Uh, so, like, it is 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 trading might, is Tyreek? Is that one? I, I don't really count that. <laughs> Ravens Vasquez. He, <laughs> neither one of those players have. They don't have any. It just. It didn't. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, my answer is clearly no. But does Derek Williams count? <laughs> um, so the, the the answers are, and this is my opinion. The the four trades of significance over the past decade were. The Harrison Barnes trade, which was mm-hmm. fine, you know that was, yep. that was that was a, that was a good move, a good move on paper at the time, and the Kings were going for it. Didn't work okay. out. Uh, the oh, Demarcus Cousins. Oh my God. Jeez. Yeah. So that's that's one Gosh. of them. Yeah. Yeah. The but the Buddy Heald aspect of that is like yeah. oh, Buddy Heald turned into, he turned into something right. So that was a big. It turned into a, at the yeah. however you want to define big, Buddy. Buddy's the all time three point shooting leader, which doesn't mean anything because yeah. the Kings haven't won anything. Um, and then also the last thing I put on there was the bogey trade, which was so small mm-hmm. at the time, but he was the, he turned out to be the only one of those players out of Marquis, Chris, Papianis, yikes, and Malachi Richardson that turned into an NBA player and mm-hmm. the Kings let him walk for nothing. So uh, my point is over the last decade, the Kings have made four moves. You can consider big moves and that's really it. They have nothing to show for him. And by the way, it's been three years since they traded for Harrison Barnes. So, yeah. Can we <clears> – <throat> uh, this is interesting. I haven't ever thought to go back and, and really give it, you know, like a, a an official stamp. What do you give the DeMarcus Cousins trade? For each each team? For the Kings. Or in, in, for From the, the Kings. Kings' perspective. Like, what would you um, – you know, is that a uh, – yeah, I'll just, I'll just let you okay. take it how you so, will. So – Okay, so so the trade, I can go two different ways. The, the Demarcus Cousins trade brought the Kings back Buddy Heald in a first round pick for 2017, which was the tenth mm-hmm. overall pick. That's an A for me right there, 100. percent That's an A because you get two top ten picks, right? Now the problem is, I get what Vladi did with that an F because he could have selected Bam Adebayo, Donovan Mitchell. Um, OG Ananubi was on the board. There were so many guys on the board. Jared Allen. There were so many players on the board after 10. Um, he traded the 10th pick for 15 and 20 and selected Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. So uh, what he got back in the DeMarcus Cousins trade opposed like to what happened to Boogie. And, and I hate that his career ended the way it did because of how much Kings – like I liked watching him play. Uh, but they won that trade just by getting a player like Buddy Heald who's been playing every game almost since uh, he has been a good shooter. Is as bad as he's here overall, been a good shooter. He is an NBA player. He's a shooter. Uh, and they got the 10th pick. They they could have drafted Donovan Mitchell or Bam Adebayo. So I give the Kings an A for the acquisition, an F for the execution. And that's how I I'm see just it. More, how about you? Yeah, I wasn't even thinking. About, I mean, like, the, the pick is the big part of making it an A for sure. Because, like, yeah, if you're going to get a player who is, you know, Buddy Heald is still on your roster and is – you know, still has some some real value, and at the time that was not a certainty at all. Like Buddy had really struggled his his half season in New Orleans, and and uh, you know it was not a guarantee that Buddy would come here and and 
be any like he could have just been Jimmer, honestly. Like it, it could have been really bad. Um, I don't mean maybe not that bad, but it definitely could have turned out not great. Um so yeah, I mean I was more just thinking like the just Buddy Healed in himself. Like, is that an okay? I mean, obviously, you know, you trade um, your star player and then you get this guy who's just kind of like I don't I guess you can at, call him a role player well, on a at, decent team. At the but, time at the time, I think that you know, he was the sixth overall pick in the draft that year. Yeah. So you're basically it's like you got a huge in college. I mean, Matt yeah, like, he, had was probably the biggest as close to Jimmer as we've had in college. Yeah. And then the next year, I think we officially, I think people started saying, oh, we won the trade. Because the next mm-hmm. year he averaged, I think, like 18 a game or 20 a game. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, he was off the bench the, sec- the first full year. Remember, he was like a bench guy mm-hmm. with, with yeah. uh, Bogey. And, and I think Bogey started mostly that year. And Justin Jackson, yikes. Uh, but the, the third year in Sacramento, uh, when they were their only year they've been decent, 18-19, uh, all 82 games, 46% from the field. 42 from three, 20 points per game and five boards. Crazy. That's what got him his that's what got him his contract. That's crazy numbers right there. Mm-hmm. That's that's like crazy numbers. And and two and a half assists. Um his turnovers were down. It's just I don't know what happened. I mean I but he's gone. I think uh I think his role just kind of got diminished. I think, you know, at that time they really were like, This is a weapon for us and, and we need to utilize him and put him in the best positions possible and then we just kind of saw buddy get too much of a green light and and he really he i think he's someone who really needs structure and like once he's told which luke was very big on is just kind of go out there and roll the ball out and play you know like um it was it it just was too much freedom for him um and you know i i think Mm a lot of players will thrive in that kind of situation. And I think buddy could thrive in that situation. I just think he needs, I think he needs checks and balances on it. Like I think if he were to go to the Lakers, like I don't think that he would be the player that we see. I mean, he would be well, more like the player you. we've seen the past month, but if, if he goes to the Lakers, does that, I, I really, I hate to say it. I, I think it'd be good for him as far as mm-hmm. I could see him just going not crazy. Bananas. I don't he would stay. go bananas. No, he would go bananas. I, he would have LeBron, a couple games where, like, he drops third. Like LeBron would. LeBron's passing. Oh my god, mm-hmm. LeBron's passing, and the fact that Buddy, if LeBron just tells him, "Hey man, just move out the ball and run around like you do already," yeah. I'm gonna find, I'm gonna find you, yeah. or I'm gonna get my buckets. But like, just be open, mm-hmm. and I'll hit you. Yeah, because um, that's the thing is like with a player like LeBron, the Kings. <laughs> I'm gonna say this on record: the Kings don't have a player like LeBron James. What? Um, LeBron just has his own gravitational pull, Dude. and like. Buddy could just t- like play the whole game three steps behind the three point arc, and that would make it worth the trade for them. I mean, like the fear of Buddy on that team would be the Lakers' biggest weapon, you know, biggest way of utilizing him. Um, and I, yeah, I think to your point, like he, I think he would go crazy. <laughs> well, he's he's capable of running into a thirty point night on any given night. It's just we know that he's super streaky. Uh, I will say that his shot decisions are they're awful and he's definitely he's definitely pushing it right now so he's checked out i know that he he was laughing his ass off after they lost by 53 and alvin gentry was on with with our boss nick cattles yesterday and and gentry even said hey like i don't i don't like i didn't like that didn't didn't love it like i know it's like a different generation now but you can't you like jordan would have done that with with bird and magic and not the buddy hills michael bleeping jordan but it's just 
when you get maybe Michael B. Jordan. Maybe Michael Michael, Michael C. Mike, well, Michael C. Jordan. My, Michael C. Jordan. Yeah, we're getting down yeah. the alphabet here. Uh, don't give don't. It's Michael. Mike, give C Michael for Trevano. C for Trevano. Michael Trevano Jordan. Yep. That's his, that's his full name. Yep. So don't don't laugh at it. It's I know that they're probably friends, and and I'm sure him and Jalen have some ties. I think I think they're in the same draft class and stuff. And yeah, that's great. Uh, doesn't matter. He's got sixty piece pretty much in front of everybody so yeah uh, like that's pretty wild like uh, frank you've been a part you, you've been a part of organized teams before in the past like when you get waxed like that like it doesn't matter if you're playing your dad and your mom like you no don't want to see them like the last no, thing no. you want to do is really be like you know what i I can't wait for this buzzer to go off because i haven't seen jalen in months and like i need to like i need to say what's up bro the silence after getting just destroyed like in the locker room in high school like when you you get killed like in football or or basketball like the basketball loss it's quiet yeah anyone can relate to that yeah anyone out there can relate yeah it's silence for the most part people don't want to talk or people are angry and they're breaking stuff or throwing, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, I don't think anyone's like laughing around. Those are reactions to have. Like those, like if you care at all, those are the only two reactions to have. And like, there's one thing of being positive, being an optim, optimist or just, you know, letting life dictate itself or whatever. It's just a game. I can, you know, this is business. This is personal. Like, six like 50 they lost by what 53 correct yeah something like that like there is there's no no No. universe in which you should feel any amount of like anything but anger or like get me the absolute f out of here as fast as possible and that's and that's why i'm saying he doesn't i mean the building like i mean he clearly wants out of the organization but i mean like both yeah, yeah So like that's what I'm saying is I understand it's like oh it's a game and you can't sure I get that but I also get that as a competitor and as an athlete you know that's your job and when you do that in that situation at that time that's that's just like showing up to to your office and mm. like opening up a beer and like watching porn or something saying I don't <laughs> care I don't about these yeah. rules man like it's yeah. it's just you he doesn't care he does not care at all and i i take it as as disrespect like people can tell you're reading in too much into it i don't think so i think when you lose by 53 freaking points and you're laughing like a lot on the floor like completely probably joking about it making like making jokes about it um i i don't know how how the rest of his teammates felt about that i can't imagine I, i saw the faces on the bench tyrese looked absolutely disgusted De'Aaron was pulling his mask like almost over his eyes. Like it, people on the bench look disgusted in this. And then Buddy's laughing it up after the game. And um, we talked about LeBron. <laughs> Would LeBron do that? Would LeBron ever do that after a 50 no. point loss? Oh my gosh, absolutely not. And like no. the thing is, the only people you should want to talk to after getting beat by 50 are your teammates. Again, for like either you want to be positive and say, like, hey guys, whatever, like tomorrow's a new day, blah, blah, blah. Or to be like, y'all are garbage. Like I would be much happier if i heard buddy healed went on a curse laden rant on his teammates about their performance yes or against the celtics because at least then i would be like 
well, at least a little piece of him is embarrassed and feels something. But clearly, if you, you know, like if you just don't care, you're like, yeah, like that's not me. Like this team just got beat by 50, but like I wasn't really like, you know, a part of it. It's just wild. Like it's, it's, he, he's I don't removed know. Again, like maybe we're whatever. Maybe we're, no, I don't think so. Reading too much into it and we're, we're giving too much of a, a spin, but like, I don't know. I just, so. it just does. Like I can't, I literally cannot relate. And I think that's, that's where they, I'm going to land they, on it. It's just they like, they lost five in I, a row. Yeah. If people are going to say, oh, there's less, I don't, then pick a, do, 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 do it on their job. I don't know. Pick a different profession. You can't, Lose five in a row, lose by fifty, and then just be laughing it up on the court like nothing happens. Okay, you don't care then, and that's yeah. why I'm saying, do you care? Or do it later. Like again, like do it later. Like get dressed, see him in the tunnel, say what's up, say hi to the kids, whatever yeah, the hell. Off like, camera, you you can organize this at any time except for three seconds after the final whistle. You know you're under the spotlight. You know you're, the, there are cameras on you. There's cameras on the whatever. Um, I just. Clearly, he doesn't Let's jersey swap, bro. Yeah, dude. 50 piece. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, right on my jersey. We waxed y'all. Yeah. Can you, sign, can you sign 50 piece? Yeah. No drink? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. We need to keep talking about the 50 point loss. Um, Okay. So, yeah. Anything? Okay. So, just kind of summarize <laughs> team's bad. Uh, team's bad. Trades coming. Trades are everywhere. Probably. And should we do basketball reference and, and call it? Yeah, I just want to say, like, I feel like I'm going to be a hipster about this, but I've been complaining about Monty McNair not making a move for a year and some change now. Probably like, longer I remember I literally remember recording last year in the KHK board op room. I think Jay Mars was in there and I gave my Coke machine to Monty McNair. McNair. And I remember thinking, is this too early? Like, am I just like expecting, like, Mm. am I just expecting him to do something too early? Like, am I not seeing the full picture here? Maybe he's right about something. And I was thinking about it the other day. I have gotten no, not like no reward for the, not, you know, not, I'm not asking for people to say like, Chris, you were so right. I just mean like Monty McNair has still done nothing. He is still to this day. Not fulfilled that, not promise, but like he's he just he still has done nothing in that year I, and a half. I think that Matt this George team I, has needed something. Yeah, Matt George and I last deadline. I I was in my car talking, doing a, a like doing an interview with him, like a Kings uh, locked, locked on. on Kings locked on Kings. Sorry, Matt. Um, <laughs> and I'm I'm trying to like think about what we talked about exactly and what I said exactly. It was about Monty McNair and about how. Are we being too critical of him by saying, can we really evaluate him after he got hired in, I think, September? And it was like January or February, and we were already like saying, wow, Monty's going to be on the hot seat already if nothing happens. And then sure enough, nothing happened. Uh, he traded for Terrence Davis, which was a good move. He traded Nimmin to Bielitsa for Mo Harkless, which was okay. Uh, so, but yeah, you're right. It's been almost two years now. In, in September, once we get through the season and we get into the, the off season, once if, if he doesn't go through this deadline, <clears throat> we will enter the off season and having it be about two years since they hired him. Uh, July, August would be close to two years. So, yeah, I think we're at a point now where Arnie doesn't. 
this deadline and make something happen. I just don't know what the future looks like. I just think we're at that point. The deadline passes and nothing happens. Significance. Like, if the only makes is Buddy for, for Tim Horton Tucker, that's just not going to cut it. It's just not going to cut it. And if everybody else is still here, it's not going to work. It, the, something's going to have to happen. So, um, and maybe that's not all his fault. Maybe other front offices aren't cooperating. Maybe he is putting out some some good presentable deals and people want more. Uh, but as a general manager, you have to have a plan B. And we've said it before. Uh, all these these deals that fell through, he never had a plan B. And we're still here with the same roster from last year pretty much, about 90% intact. Yeah, and I think I've said it before, but like, I mean, first off, I it's just I and I I think I put it I did put it out on Twitter, and I had a couple people say back to me that, um, you know, like we don't want Monty doing what Vladi did and just making a move to make a move. Like that's that's not going to make us better, or you know, have some sort of foresight. Um, like there's no need to do another Terrence Davis deal. That essentially, um, not that Terrence isn't good, but like that's just not going to do anything for us. And I do agree to an extent, but also like at some point and it's Monty McNair, I do think is a, is good at his job. I think he's a good talent evaluator. I think um, the people that he has brought in and the, the, the moves he has made or or almost made um, have all been moves that I think were positive and, and would have made a real impact on the team or have made some form of impact on a team. Um, it's just like at some point you have to put your imprint on, on this roster. Um, like this is still, we've said it countless times. This is still Vladi's team. Um, this is the pretty much the same exact players that Vladi has acquired with the exception of Tyrese Halliburton, Mo Harkless and, and Davion Mitchell. Um, and it's just strange to me that Monty watches this team on a nightly basis, get absolutely ran and doesn't feel the need to, again, like just kind of make a marginal move. Like it's like, I'm, I'm just done waiting for the big, huge Simmons, Sabonis, whatever, you know, the, the big deal. There's, there's no need for that to be the first move made. Um, I just think that the team needs so much help in so many places that it's like, you, you can, you can address like why why and i think i've said this countless times but why should we believe that once this first big move is made the other moves are just going to roll in right after yeah there's there's nothing that has i mean if anything we should believe that monty is going to make one move and then completely reassess everything before he makes another move that's I mean, if if we should go off the past year and a half of what he's done, it definitely seems like he he likes to watch how things play out first as long as humanly possible and then make his move when he feels like the time is right, Um, which is also strange because this is back to back seasons where they said that they wanted to make the playoffs. And the team has, well, last year, the team was up, then down, then up, then down, in which he had a bunch of different points to eventually choose which way he truly wanted to go. This season, it's just been down. And so for him to continue to say that he has playoff aspirations, but to make no improvement on this roster when they're just clearly I mean, I'm going to use the term tanking, but I don't mean it in the in the you know in the term that we know. The team is just it, it's on a downward trajectory, going straight down. 
And if they're unintentionally really taking, yeah, they're unintentionally if, taking if, tanking. If you have playoff aspirations, you should want obviously for your team to win and to improve your roster when you see it slipping, so that that playoff goal doesn't get too far out of reach. And as I started this episode, I feel like we're at the point where those playoffs are just not, I mean, not statistically, but it's getting to the point where it's, you know, the Kings are at the sixth, the sixth pick right now. You know, they're a lot closer to getting an actual good pick than they are to make the playoffs. So I don't see why you, if they don't make a move like this week before, like again, the, the, the 10th deadlines are relevant. If they don't, their deadline should be January 29th, tomorrow, 30th. Yeah. Because their upcoming schedule could be what fully buries them. And maybe that's what they're waiting for. Maybe they want to be fully buried because Philly, New York, Brooklyn, Golden State, Minnesota twice, the Kings are going to get buried. They're not going to win. They're not going to win half of those games, that w- which would keep them maybe afloat. I could see them going two and five or one and six over the next seven games. So maybe they're waiting for that. Maybe they want to lose that game to Minnesota on, on the ninth and be seven and a half, eight games out, and then just completely blow it, blow it up. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe they go back on their De'Aaron Fox promise. That's not likely in my book. I think that they want to keep De'Aaron and Tyrese, and they, they probably will. Um, but I know that deals come they come to fruition in, in the last hour, in the last couple minutes. So it might, again, not be on Monty. It might be other teams saying, yeah, we like for John Collins, Atlanta might be saying, we do like Harrison Barnes. We like Davion Mitchell in a first. Uh, but we're going to wait and see if maybe we can get Ben Simmons first, which kind of handcuffs the Kings. I get mm-hmm. that. Totally. But just knowing, and again, I know making a small move just to make a move is not what people want to hear. And that's just been a phrase that people are really hanging on to right now. To not make a move, you just make a move. Okay. Well, I don't know if moving Tristan Thompson for a 2031 second round pick just to get him off the roster, just to know that, that they're doing something I don't know if that'd be the worst thing in the world right now. Like Tristan is not going to play another game for the Kings in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we've been speculating and not hearing, but kind of like kind of hearing. He's like, you know, it's it's done. He's not going to play again. So maybe ever move on. Yeah, this, maybe this, might ever. Be it for, this might really be it for Tristan Thompson. I was thinking about we, it the other day with, with all the off court stuff. Like, well, we, I just don't know the, why the message or the, the, the message he sent on the, the TMZ stuff. Like I, he said that he was going to retire. We don't need to get into. Mm. I don't want to get into. Like, I think I did see well, that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, he told he told the person that. Yes, you know, his, uh, people can just, his just Google Tristan Thompson TMZ. <laughs> you'll find a uh, lot. You'll find a lot. Uh, but I I think that he was planning on retiring after this year. So, uh, yeah. Again, the trade deadline for Monty McNair, it should have passed already in my book. Uh, and again, I know it might all be all's fault. So, we'll see what happens. But. The Kings. I mean, it's going to be his fault. Like, I mean, it's he's he's the general manager. It can't be anybody else's fault. I mean, yeah, no. Vivek can put the the hardest you know restrictions on him in the league, and if you know he's got, it's his job to figure out a way to do something. Um, Again, like even free agency acquisitions, like the Kings could have. I mean, you know, not Isaiah Thomas, but they could have you know, added somebody, the only person that we've seen come in and give um, the team a new energy, not that he even, you know, actually gave them energy on the court, but like, you know, an influx of like, Oh, this is a new person. Like just, you know, when you add people to a group, it changes dynamics, even if it's slight, you know, um, we saw how big of an impact the Mon Shumpert had, obviously you can bring in guys on the margins and have them still actually have an impact. 
um, I think that's that's was was Emmanuel Moutier, you know? Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's that's, 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 that's tr- the, literally the only guy that that is came to this team. They're uh, trying to Stockton. do that with Tristan. I think they were trying to bring Tristan in as a guy yeah. who can kind of like light a fire up under them and uh, wasn't going to play a lot, but it would be a voice and it just hasn't. Not the out. best role model, Tristan Thompson. Yeah, I mean the off the court stuff has really thrown a damper on all of that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um. In closing on that, <laughs> uh, Mar- Marvin just wanted to say, I like what I've been seeing from him, and it's really gonna, it's really sad because he's starting to unlock things, and it's gonna happen, Chris. He's gonna go on to somewhere else, probably Detroit. I know Detroit really, they really want him. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think he's going to be a good basketball player. And I think it's really going to be one of those Steph, like Seth Curry situations where I think we just waited one, like one more year really could have been it. But I know it's been long enough and the marriage is probably over, but mm-hmm. uh, I see him being like a 17, seven, 18, eight guy next year. Prediction. We'll come back and listen to this a year from now and mm-hmm. see if I'm right. But when he's playing for the Detroit Pistons, averaging 18 and eight on like 48% shooting, I think we're all going to be a little bummed. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm ready for the MTV crew to come to my house and and shoot True Life. I'm a I love Marvin Bagley, the uh, basketball player. I'm, Hi, I'm my a, name's Chris. I'm 26 years old, and I love Marvin Bagley. <laughs> yep, that's uh, I'm I'm fully ready for that. I've 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 been a a big supporter of Marvin even even through his most trying times. I I've always felt like he was he was just too talented to deny on this roster and. Uh, you know, it's been uh, on both on both sides of the fence a uh, a masterclass of of how to just completely ruin a relationship. So I feel like, I feel like we do obituaries both equal parts. We've been doing obituaries at the end of every podcast, like saying almost like unofficial goodbyes to players before they're even gone, and that's always <laughs> so sad to me. If if anyone out there is like listening to this, it's not a Kings fan. They just want to kind of see maybe someone's drinking tears because they maybe wanted to <laughs> hear Kings fans cry or whatever, yeah. but. Uh, the fact that we're just saying, oh yeah, we already know they're going to go off somewhere else and play better. We already know like mm-hmm. Harrison Barnes is going to go to Atlanta or, yeah. or and and be a huge part of that playoff team. We already know that Marvin Bagley is going to go to Detroit and help them with their rebuild and and uh, we already they're know just not going to help us. <laughs> Buddy Heels, Buddy Heels, and go to the Lakers and help them make a run in the playoff. It's like okay, let's just let's just get through the other stuff and just get mm-hmm. you know adding on to our plate of pain. So. Yep, and that just adds to the confusion of I just don't understand, man, because we're going to see a lot of these guys go to other teams, like you said, and, and have impact. And we're always, it's, it's been a question for so many years now of just why can't, why didn't he do that for us? Why couldn't he, why I see him doing this on this playoff team and in the playoffs, why, why didn't it work out for us? And it's always just this, I, I was going to say it's the same story, but I honestly don't know what the story is because I can't answer why year. It feels like year after year, you will see somebody in the, in the playoffs making a huge impact. And you're like, how is Alec Burks averaging 15 points a game in the playoffs? And he literally couldn't get off the bench for us. And it's, it's just every, you know, I, Alec Burks was, you know, whatever last year. And the year before that, it was, whoever Tyreek Evans and just, I don't, I don't know if Tyreke down the list, playoffs, but it's just uh yeah, he did it's not a weird, weird team. Very or did weird he, team. did he in Indiana? I don't think he did. Well, he Let went, see. 
dumb that last year in any i mean and i know kings fans have have asked for tyreek evans to to come back to the team i am not a fan of that idea but um he made the playoffs twice with new orleans yeah i feel like i vaguely remember that what a random what a rant that team made the playoffs with monty williams they went 45 and 37 with uh drew jimmer was on that team ryan anderson uh they got swept by golden state in the first round though that was the Golden State won the finals. Mm. Uh, but Tyreek Evans, just in case we we're wondering. Sorry, but I know that I cut you off. Um, no, you're good. Anthony Davis on that team. Eric Gordon, Tyreek yeah. Evans, Quincy Pondexter, Omar Ashik. That was the starting lineup. Jimmer Fredette on the bench. Drew Holiday on the bench. Must have been hurt. Um, Tyreek Evans. Anderson is number one pick on the I would have bet my Love house him. that he would have been on the Kings. Dude. For years, I didn't love him, but I definitely. I mean, he's obviously a local guy. Went to Oak Ridge High School. Um, It was speculated he is a Kings fan. Yeah, yeah. I think he almost signed with us when he signed his like whatever. He signed some crazy contract, I think, with the Rockets, and he almost signed with the Kings uh, that offseason. He's being paid this year. He got stretched. I was guaranteed. It's like sixteen million dollars. He, he's being paid. Like that, f- he's making more money than Terrence Davis this year. He's making five million dollars. He hasn't played in I think three years. Uh, what yeah, was Chris, Ryan Anderson? What was he making per year? Do you want to guess like how much 60, money? I'm going to say sixteen mil. But I, on a, how much money he's made in his career? Yeah, one hundred twenty-five mil. You're close. One one fourteen. It's a lot of money. <laughs> It's got to be the lot. richest, richest That's Sacramento athlete. Money. I mean, yeah. I'm probably we'll ask Sean Cunningham about this, but richest Sacramento athlete ever. That's what I'm gonna go with for Ryan Anderson. And his his best year of his career, which was the year before uh, before he entered free agency in 1516. It was before Golden One Open. Everyone was saying, "Oh my God, he's gonna come to Sacramento. He's gonna open the new arena." He averaged 20 points, seven rebounds. He shot 36 percent from three. Um, everyone was saying he's only 28. He's gonna come to Sacramento and come home. And he he took a huge contract with the the Rockets, and that never mm-hmm. that that was the end of it. That was the end of his career. He would have been a terrible king. I will also say that I was always confident about that. Like he would have been very bad. He for sure would have came here and been like with Boogie. Well, the- this is my time. Yeah, I mean, he would have been a nice compliment next to Demarcus. They would have been ter- absolutely terrible defensively. Yeah, yeah but by defense, Demarcus never had somebody who could stretch the floor and clear people out of the paint so he couldn't get double teamed. And I think, I mean, Ryan would have been great for those situations. Reggie Evans like just, a word. I was just, <laughs> stop. I was like 95% confident that Ryan Anderson would just come in, make whatever, $20 million a year and score like 10 points a game. But he'll do that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on that note uh b-ball reference what do we b-ball got b-ball reference well when we started recording we had darren darren fox um on the list he is no longer Ooh. Um, no longer with us on this list we, we have a uh, legend we do have another king's legend um oh i <laughs> i didn't even see the actual king's legend i thought you were talking about delon Wright. no um, sir <laughs> So on this, you know what? This is fine because I don't think we have ever talked about this player. Uh, first off, shout out Anthony Hardaway, who had a top tier post game press conference the other day, um, yelling at the media, saying uh, Penny? that, yes, he pretty much was saying, uh, I'm playing a bunch of freshmen out here. Don't act like we're not. 
and don't act like that other team isn't playing a bunch of 23 and 24 year olds. And I'm like, <laughs> my guy, like this is college basketball. <laughs> there's no what? 24, like Buddy Heald ain't out there no more. Dude, like there's okay. no 24 year olds playing basketball. LaMelo, college LaMelo, LaMelo Ball's on the same floor as Udonis Haslam. Haslam's yeah. on the bench, but age is in the NBA. It's, you play in the <laughs> NBA, bro. You were you were 19 or 20 in the NBA at one point being guarded by a 32-year-old. It doesn't matter. Point. It's a great point. Um, it doesn't matter. It was calling to do anything. Top tier, top tier post-game press conference. Uh, the actual Kings legend on our list is um, White is Chocolate. Williams. It's Jason Williams. Jay Will, White Chocolate. Um, I think we've talked me... about him a little bit before, though, and we've, we've said... It's not. It's not. Have a, I said this take? Okay. <laughs> oh, we we we, we had the same take, and this I don't think is, people yeah, are okay. Like I was it. like, this is this is why you and I are, are buddies, Frank, because, uh, yeah, because we, we, we straight away from Frank yeah. is a uh, Frank is a positive guy, but this is the only thing that I will say Frank is uh, negative about, and I I love it because this is this is a take that I really thought I was the only person who had it, and uh, I I will also say Jason Williams came to the Kings. In 1998-99, I was three years old. Um, so I didn't really like watch watch Jay Will, but um, I obviously have gone back, seen the, seen seen tape. the highlights, seen the tape. Um, Stats. I'm, I'm aware. I think I have a good feel for the vibe of what he brought and the importance that he had. However, I will also say that it is bat-s crazy that Kings fans just act like Jason Williams belongs in the Hall of Fame and the guy should have his jersey retired and all this stuff. I understand culture. I do. I get it. He was a culture changer. He made the team cool. He made the team on Sports Center. He brought in energy and just a, a, a vibe to the Kings that they have probably not had since. Um, he made the team cool. We still to this day, if you go to any music festival in this country, you will see some random person wearing a Jason Williams jersey. His impact yep. is undeniable. Icon- an iconic jersey. Iconic. Iconic, jersey. iconic. Iconic highlights. The man averaged 10 points a game and how many assists? Not, never even t- 7.3 assists was the, the most amount of assists he had with the Kings. I understand again, like those are just kind of numbers and it probably doesn't speak to the, the, again, like the culture that he brought to the team. He made passing cool. He made, um, yeah, he, he was he just made the team the, better. He, he I did. Won't deny he that. made the team better. Yes, exactly. I won't deny that. But, but at the same time, the team that we all know and love as the glory year Sacramento Kings would not, could not, I sound like a Dr. Seuss book now exist without trading Jason Williams for Mike Bibby. No, I agree. Not saying like, again, like Jason Williams, totally fine player, but there's just no way that the Kings would have reached those heights without Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby was the perfect player for that team. Uh, The amount, just the, his crazy clutch shots, which we don't even need to go down the list of, his his he just was the better the better fit for the team he he gave i don't want to say he gave like a more serious tone to the team but um you know jay will was was kind of about the flash and the flair and the the symbolism of what jay will was mike bibby was just about balling he was about well hey man i don't care kobe shack chris weber 
I'm the best player on the floor right now. And for what it was like five or six years, Mike was the most important player to the Kings. There's the no like, way. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a J will fan. I like J will. I'm a King. I grew up my Kings fan. I enjoy J will. I like, like I love the highlights like everybody else. Um, like you said, uh, he brought the, like, there was a culture, like a, a kind of a, like a, the winning attitude and, and his playmaking was fun to watch. And he fit in so well with Vladi and Weber who were great playmakers themselves. Um, with the, the ability to pass as big men. But I think that people, when they have like the discussion of Jay will versus Bibby, the people that kind of say Jay will over Bibby, I just don't really believe you. I just, I, I really think that Jay will was, he was exciting and he, he did bring some excitement to the team, but he wasn't what the, the team needed a little bit more. They didn't, they had the passing. The whole team was such, it was the definition of a team. Those, those early 2000s teams, they needed more of a punch, a scoring punch. And that's what Mike brought. Uh, Mike was a scorer that could also make the right pass. Mike was a a, a, a better defender than Jason Williams, uh, a much better shooter, obviously. Um, and Jay Will went and got he had a great career. He played for I'm ten, eleven more years. Got a ring with the Miami Heat with Shaq and D Wade. Like he's mm-hmm. he's he's immortal. He's he might not be in the Hall of Fame, but he's a he's a bas- he's in basketball immortality. People will remember White Chocolate forever. Uh, I'm just not they someone remember Mike Bibby or after yeah, they I, remember for Mike sure. Bibby. But I'm just not someone that's going to sit there and say, wow, Jason Williams is a better player than Mike Bibby. I'm, mm-hmm. I like to think that Mike Bibby, like you said, was exactly what the Kings needed at that time. And that doesn't mean I don't appreciate what Jay Will did in the past. It's just I don't think he, you know, obviously the team wouldn't have moved him if they, if, if Petrie, and again, Petrie was a, a, a damn good GM at that time. Uh, he knew what he was doing. And I don't know if the Kings made it to the conference finals or should have won the NBA finals, which that's, you know, goes without saying, but without Mike Bibby. So, uh, Jay will, I'm giving you your flowers though. That highlight reel, yes, is is it's all untouchable. Time. They, they play it at every Kings game. Uh, people love it. And uh, take your flowers. Honestly, I will say too, this is more of a merch-driven argument for me. I just don't like the fact that like the NBA Jam shirt has Jay Will and Chris Weber. I would every single yeah, day of the week rather I have, have that one. Bibby. I do too. Um, it's fine. I, I it's comfortable. I like the shirt. It's a very comfortable shirt, but um, I like those shirts. I would get more, but Ali said I can't. <laughs> I have like, I have an, I have an yeah. Aaron Judge and, and Garrett Cole baseball one. Then I have the the, <laughs> the Weber and Williams one. And I was like, I want to get another one. She's like, No, you can't. You can't no, have four of the same yeah, shirt. Sport. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like the. You go to some random sports store and they'll have the Mitchell and Ness J Will, and I'm like, Can I get a? Can I get a Bibby? Can I get? maybe get a Weber. Um, yeah, so I, I haven't know. gone on the story at this year. Is it still a bunch of Jay Will? Do they have Bibby not, hanging out? I also have not been in there, but I don't think, I don't think I have seen a Mike Bibby piece of merch. I don't even remember really seeing them in the later Arco days. Like, I feel like they, they kind of like really well, cleared he, out of all that. He had, he had even like pop, pop up. Can you get a, but, can you get a Bobby Jackson Jersey anywhere? I mean, I know Bobby I, Jackson I was a bench so. player, but I bet you can. I don't think you can. I really don't. Not, not a fresh one. I I, I got uh, my girlfriend a, a Bobby Jackson jersey off eBay, but I, I really don't think you can get like a Bobby Jackson jersey, um, any of that. Yeah, I, we might have to go in there in the next home game and take a look around. I also want to yeah. buy a couple things. I usually get like a, a t-shirt and a sweatshirt every year. Mm-hmm. And I need. I haven't done it yet. I like the Sacktown merch. I'll probably get some of that stuff, but um, I'm not a big jersey guy anymore. I feel like I'm not Never really. Never have been. I'm a big Jersey. I'm a huge Jersey guy, but 
I know. I I I can't really pull that off, but I I wish I, I could. probably have like upwards of twenty jerseys. I'm a t-shirt guy. It's just yeah. I don't know if I can. I can't pull off. If I if I were a jersey, it's it's just probably for me looks a little too fratty. <laughs> I think or like I could see that. I could see how do, how like, you would douchey. Yeah. People might think I'm like like an an ass or something. You know, <laughs> a pro um, tank. Yeah. Like, What's up, dude? Sub dude. Um, my Mike Bibby jersey, dude. Uh, yeah. Also, that that jersey when I was in college in Chico, I saw the J Wall jersey all the time. Oh, I saw time. that jersey oh, yeah. all the time. And I was like, yeah. strike conversations up with people and say, "Are you a Kings fan?" And someone say, "Yeah." Someone say, "No." They just like the jersey. So, um, yeah. Coke machine of the week. Whole team gets it. Whole team. Whole franchise. Everyone. Monty McNair. Um, Monty McNair. I think it's like his ninth ninth Coke machine. Um, and then also. Monty's getting on the scheme. Have you seen uh, Have you seen those YouTube videos of of people who like? That's not a scheme, but like it's it's like a oh you can get rich even at eight at eighteen. I'm a millionaire because I like a pyramid scheme. Pyramid bro, scheme? yeah, it's like a thing for for like people you know under like a, a a first job kind of like oh you can't get hired, but like you can buy vending machines and like make money off that i've who I've, felt who felt did you did you are you are you asking me to get well, involved did you fall for i'm this? just saying if you ever have some time go to the Folsom outlet and please use vending machine number 74 the m&m one what what happened what's going on here <laughs> I, i'm just I've, i'm telling you look at go on youtube after this and look up uh vending machine i don't know like vending machine money making okay and like people and, legitimately are like you should like invest in in coke machines and uh maybe we should maybe we should put all of our savings into buying a maybe coke this machine. poverty franchise should you know <laughs> anyway uh jersey Sorry. uh who we got we got the i think the sixers are StubHub still Ooh, uh the, the jersey patch yes let's see here yeah i'm gonna go with StubHub. that sounds right um and then man. and then we'll do nicks We'll the probably Knicks are on. a tough one, man. The Knicks probably have a massive sponsor. Oh my gosh! And what do you know? It's no longer uh, it is no longer StubHub. It is the ever present Crypto.com. Jesus Christ! For Philadelphia, who would have guessed? Crypto.com taking over your arenas, taking over your jerseys, um, and then the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, let me see Wait. here. Let me guess. New York. Uh, just, just okay, a, I did see. Just a just a pic just a picture of a bagel. <laughs> I am just quickly learning that there is just no time. I mean, the the Kings Blue Diamond sponsorship was really special because there are no teams that really have like local links to their their nope. sponsorship anymore. Um I think also Harley Davidson is like based in Milwaukee. So like, I guess that used to be one, but uh, now sense. the, Oh, hold on. Conflicting reports. Oh no, no, no. Nope. The New York Knicks have Squarespace as their, uh, as their sponsor. Shout out Squarespace. Uh, I use okay. Squarespace for my, uh, for my uh, personal portfolio. This is not paid for by Squarespace, but uh, shout out Squarespace. Shout out Squarespace. Uh, sponsor hey, yes. us. Please. Um. Okay, so we're back Tuesday. The Kings have the Sixers and the Knicks. Will the Kings pick up a victory in the next two games, Frank? By the time we record, yes, yes. 
they're going to beat Philadelphia in a showcase game of showcase games. And um, Ben Simmons is actually going to play. That's going to be my <laughs> prediction. He's, he's going to play he just shows for up. one game. He shows up, and then when the game starts, he just that's how they announce the trade. Ben Simmons and Buddy Heald just swap jerseys, and they start mm-hmm. playing. That's how they announce the trade happened. I just want a Frosty. That's what Ben Simmons meant. <laughs> I just wanted a Frosty. Shout out Isaiah. No, uh, I, I think they win one of the next two because it, it makes no sense, and it does at the same time. So mm. I'm going to believe that they're going to, I can see, I get, it doesn't, I can see that, seven straight. Yeah. Seven I mean, they're going to lose both. I'm just trying to be optimistic again. He's back. Optimistic Frank. <laughs> I just want to say also that, uh, the Kings are after, you know, if they pick up these two losses to Philly and New York, they will then be two more losses, which would be Brooklyn and golden state after that, um, away from the vaunted nine game losing streak. We're that back. we were promised to avoid. We're back. Uh, we're back. The Kings are currently. They have two. The Laker and Rocket wins their last two victories. Um, have saved them from a what would that be? Like 13, 12. It would be a twelve. They would currently be on a twelve-game losing streak. I love it. I love it. I so, love it. thank goodness for the Lakers and Rockets uh, for saving. Thank heavens. For Tyreek Evans. Is there any way? I've been thinking about this too. Uh, sorry, we're, we're kind of rambling Very here good. at the end. But is there any... No, I'm not even... I was going to say, is there any way that Alvin Gentry doesn't finish make the season? It the end of the year? No, nah, he'll make it. He's been through a lot. Like, I, mean, I feel he, very he, bad for him. He picked up after, what, like Luke lasted 15 games or he, something like that? He did say to, on, on the Nick Cowell show, he did say that... He was a part of the team that had the biggest point differential mm-hmm. loss, like in the history of the NBA. I think it was like one fifty something to seventy something. With I think that was Denver. He was a part of that coaching staff, so he's been he's seen worse. Uh, but he wasn't but gonna, ahead of it. No, he'll he'll finish the year though. Like, there's no what are they gonna do? Like, no, you know, I was. I mean, I, I didn't think he was gonna get fired. But like, is there maybe you know the last time the Kings were in this situation? Obviously, George Carl. They, that was a very specific situation where George Carl probably should have been brought on immediately. But they, for some weird reason, just had some had some delay. I can't really remember what it was. But nah. is there any way that the Kings? Yeah, they have to, right? I mean, they're gonna do a co- they're well, gonna do a full coaching search this offseason. I think. Does Monty McNair like? to make th- I mean he's going to make that decision but like I think I mean and I think that's what people have speculated in the past with Luke and his contract being synced up like does Monty McNair doesn't make sense to have Monty McNair make that decision yeah I mean if he's, the G- later, if, if, if he's the GM but well for let's... sure I mean if he's the GM but that's more what I'm saying is like why if if Monty McNair is also on the hot seat we're going to be in the same situation where this GM might not be here a year after hiring this head coach that he just signed for three, four years. And maybe we don't want this head. Coach. I, don't know. I digress. We can talk about it on a different well, episode. We, <laughs> the, the phrase will cross that bridge when we get to it. That's all. I mean, that's, I guess we'll have to just wait and see. I mean, I, 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 I think that they're, if Monty's, I don't think they're, I don't, I don't think they're going to fire him, but that's a, a whole different discussion. No matter what they do, I don't think they're going to fire him. So. Yeah, I don't think so either. Just a feeling. I, yeah. Um, all right. Well, until next week, we somehow managed to pull an hour and 20 minutes out of uh, this podcast. That's insane. Um, we were planning on not 30 minutes. An hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I hope you all enjoyed 
somehow us talking for this long. Um, sorry if we rambled and ranted and actually didn't say anything at all, but uh, I thought this was a good episode. So, uh, We're biased, I don't think we talked about so. any actual on the court stuff, which is nope. great. I think There's that's no why need. I had such a good time. There's no um, need to anymore. Who cares? I, I'm going to keep saying it. Hopefully the next time we record, we're talking about some new players and a new deal. And uh, I, I'm, I don't believe it, but maybe it'll happen. Um, for Frankie Cardicelli, I'm Chris Watkins. Hopefully the Sacramento Kings show up for one of these episodes. Um, thank you all for listening. And please make sure to, I don't know, rate, comment, subscribe, like, Cry. definitely comment. Um, and definitely cry. cry. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Um, all right. Goodbye. <laughs> that's all we got.